Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Good morning, y'all. It's 9.47 a.m. here in Franklin, Tennessee on July 12th, 2020. Can you hear that rain? I wanted to record with that in the background. It's been raining and thunderstorming all night. It's been so beautiful and restorative and refreshing for me. And it reminded me this morning after a 12-hour sleep and clearly a day of rest for me to soak up the humidity and the rain and the silence and the sound of the birds and the trees and the thunder and the lightning and the rain, how important rest is for us. And I wanted to tie that into step 11. So step 11 is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Lisa and I, a while back, did a podcast series, one podcast per step. It's in our playlist, The 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. So you can go back and listen to that. You can look for it if you like. Uh, Just go into the playlist and you'll see Step 11. Because it's really important to our recovery to do Step 11. Step 11 ensures that we don't go into burnout. Because Step 11 is about silence and solitude. Step 11 is the sister to Step 3. Step 3 is where we make a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. Step 11 is the conscious practice of tuning into our higher power to make sure we understand what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. Step 11 encompasses prayer and meditation. Meditation can be anything. It can be a walk concentrating on the slap and pace of your foot. It can be listening to the birds outside that are in the background right now. But without our rest, our well gets empty. And when our well gets empty, we typically go into the lower levels of ourselves, and our character defects emerge because fatigue and just being plain old tired and exhausted doesn't give us any reserves to pull from. I'm experiencing quite a whirlwind of love down here, completely unexpected, and it's all wonderful, beautiful things, but yesterday when I was tired, I started to get anxious about the beautiful, wonderful things, but I intuitively know, because I've been practicing recovery for a long time, that when that happens and I get stuck in my head and I get spinny, it's because I'm too tired. So instead of doing church and other things that I wanted to do today, I'm taking this day off. I call it a Sabbath, a day of rest, of connection with God, of reconnecting with myself. And I encourage you to do the same. You can take a one-hour Sabbath where you turn off all of your electronics and rest, where you can go read something or sit quietly. For me, I could watch TV and movies, but that never seems to restore me. It has to be very mindful, quiet things. I read a quote this morning from Amit Ray, who is like this amazing meditation master. And he said, when the petals of the spirit unfolds, the fragrance spreads across the valley. I love that because when my heart is open, I get to spread my energy and my joy and my love and my healing across to people. But when I'm closed up and stressed out, I go inward and it's not usually inward to my heart. It's deep into the recesses of my mind, which never produces anything good. 
So on step 11, I just did step 11 with a sponsee and I have started incorporating questions into my step work, um, whether it's from the Joe and Charlie workbook I told you guys about by Aaron Schwartz, which I love, or just Googling stuff on a step and step 11 questions. And I came across a website, jasonwaller.com. This is where the questions came from, J-A-S-O-N-W-A-H-L-E-R.com. Or if you're on the East Coast of Canada, H. W-A-H, which makes me laugh. And there was these awesome questions that I loved answering and passing on to my sponsee for step 11. The first one is, how has my understanding of a higher power changed since starting my step work? Which is a great question because we start to believe in a higher power in step two. It becomes God for a lot of us in step three. But then we start working with this higher power. So by step 11, We usually have a very different concept of our higher power or it's shifted and changed in some way. And I think that's a really good thing to contemplate. The next question, do I have a specific spiritual path and how might it contribute to my recovery? Because step 11 is the, it's my favorite step, by the way, it's all about the spiritual path. I mean, all of the the steps are, but step 11 really engages your higher power. It really engages in a very intense way your spirituality because you're going into prayer and meditation. And you can see how that will contribute to recovery because it's usually the things that bring you peace and grounding. Retreats are a big part of my step 11 because retreats go facilitate all 12 steps and I get to re-examine them and dig deep and study them in a new and refreshed way that I may not during my year. I go to at least once a year. Next question. What is the difference between a religion and spirituality? Well, to me, religion is a man-made system in order to understand and please God. And spirituality is understanding there is a higher power and feeding that relationship with that higher power. That doesn't require rules. It requires our own intentionality around that relationship. I love both religion and spirituality. I love the rituals of the Catholic Church. I love the honoring sacraments of my own sort of non-denominational Protestant religion. Um, It's a really good balance for me. Next question. What have I done to explore my own spirituality? And this is where you can start to look at how you connect with God. Is it nature? Is it walks? Is it serving other people? Is it investigating religion? Is it reading about meditation and ancient spirituality? Is it receiving as well as giving to God? That is the holiest of holies. For me, the struggle with God is the holiest with holies. It's the Jacob moment. It's the wrestling with God when God throws your hip out. That's biblical. You can look at it in Genesis if you like. Next question. How do I pray? How do I meditate? That's a great thing to write down. How do you pray? Do you get down on your knees? Do you fold your hands? Do you start with dear God? I start with Father God or Abba Father a lot. Is it Um, Do you genuflect, which is Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Do you put your head to the ground? Is worship prayer for you? Do you stand and raise your heads to the heaven and praise Jesus the way I do? How do you meditate? Does that mean silence on your back? Does it mean sitting tall in a dignified posture and concentrating on breath work? Is it a body scan to find out where you have areas of tension or maybe dis-ease? Is it music? 
Is it working on engaging your senses? I love to do that. For example, a sprig of rosemary, looking at it, touching it, smelling it, feeling it. That's a really good grounding practice, by the way. Do you like candles? Do you like incense? Do you like chanting? Do you like walking? Do you like to lay in the grass? That's one of my favorite. Do you like to rub your own skin with lotions and feel your own self healing your body? It's a really good thing to look into and solidify for yourself because the spiritual is often intangible. We can't touch it, but when we put it to pen and paper and we see it in black and white, we can often see things that need to reveal themselves that we might not necessarily be aware of. Next question. In what ways have I seen any changes in my life as a result of prayer and meditation? That's a really good step 10 too. Like what was your life like before you started doing prayer and meditation? What has it been like after? What are the fruits of your labors? What have you seen shift and change since you started engaging in beautiful spiritual practices? Next question. When do I notice the presence of a higher power in my life? What does it feel like? For me, the evidence of a higher power in my life is those little things we call coincidences. It's the feelings of love that you can't explain. It's the realizing that something happened today or in your life that brought you closer to God or people or that saved you from something terrible. It's the feeling of not feeling lonely when I'm by myself. It's the feeling of thoughts and directions that I'm getting that I know are not my own or ways that I push through not on my own strength. Uh, For me, particularly in worship, when I get a feeling where my stomach is flipping and I'm almost vibrating and I almost feel like I'm going to pass out, that's a feeling of the Holy Spirit. That's not of me. That is happening to me, for me, and with me. Next question. just going to take a drink of water. Maybe you can listen to the birds in the rain. What am I doing to improve my conscious contact with a God of my understanding? That is the key of step 11. What am I doing? Am I making time? Am I seeking God's will? Or am I stuck in ego? Am I so busy I don't have time for anything? And by the time I need rest, it has to be TV because I have to turn my brain off? Conscious contact is when we set an intention and we engage in being with our higher power. Just like when we're one-on-one with a friend, listening to them, looking at them, speaking at them. That's what we want to do when we focus a conscious contact with the God of our understanding. Next question. What were some situations in my life where I tried to align my will with God's? What were those results? So for me, that looks like I want to do something, but something else is poking at me. Gently. God is not angry. He does not scream. He does not force. But he does poke and he does nudge. So if I want to do one thing and I just can't let go of this sense of another, that's usually when I know that I have to align my will with God's will. And it's not often the easier way, but it's almost often the most gentle and loving and just way. And usually those results, while difficult at first, once I surrender to them, I realize that it actually is the easier, softer way to do God's will. It's usually a one and done. It's not something that I feel the effects of in a negative way afterwards. La- third last question. Why should I pray for only for the knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out? Well, simple. 
God's will is the best will. God's will is the right will. And when we're operating in the right will, life unfolds pretty effortlessly. Um, One step in front of the other, all of a sudden you're a mile ahead of the road and amazing things are happening. Because God's will for us is a higher will, it's a better will, it's a more mm, harmonizing, holy, full of integrity will, that is the best design for our lives. And because we're human beings and we're plagued with our humanness, we're often in conflict with our higher selves, or our spirituality. So knowledge of God's will is always aligning us to the higher way. And the power to carry that out is simply because we can't do anything in our own power. We would not have to have entered recovery if we could do it in our own power. Our book talks about the misuse of our will or the misuse of our power. When we ask for the power to carry that out, we're actively engaging God's help to support us to do it. And that's relationship. And that's what the 12 steps are all about. Relationship with a higher power so we can live our higher lives. How am I showing my commitment to working the 11th step in my recovery? Well, how are you? Everything we've been talking about. Are you committing to the work to take time and space for yourself and for your relationship with God? Last question, did I pray or meditate today, this week? Do I have faith that I will be given the knowledge and courage to carry out my higher powers well? Well, if you're a calendar girl or a calendar guy, um, I'm a calendar girl, meaning not I pose for calendars as one of my sponsees thought I was asking her when I asked that. Write it down in your calendar. Just put it in there. I have six prayer alarms a day. Sometimes I just dismiss them and don't pray. Other times I look at what they actually say, which is pray for this person. Or it's something as be holy as he is holy, which is biblical, which makes me, it reminds me to be impeccable. As if you're a fan of the four agreements, this is one of them. Be impeccable with your word. That reminds me to be impeccable in word, thought, action, and deed. Did you meditate today? I'm telling you, even a five-minute, a three-minute meditation, an alarm on your phone that says, breathe for three minutes, that's meditation. That meditation is the weirdest thing because it literally bends time. Whatever time you dedicate to meditation, it's like times that by three and that's how much time you get back in your day. It's crazy. Try it. So if you like those questions, you're welcome. And also thank you to jasonwaller.com. He was a reality TV star a while ago, but he has entered recovery and his website has a lot of really good resources and tools. And I found those questions really great to dig deep into step 11. So I encourage you to do prayer and meditation today. I encourage you to have a Sabbath and reconnect with yourself. Some of the best medicine, the best medicine in my opinion, where the most healing and wholeness happens is in prayer and meditation and Sabbath. So I wish you that today. Wish you peace and love and joy and I will talk to you soon.